Welcome to the SEO Insider with your host, Seth Price, founder of Blue Shark, taking you inside the world of legal marketing and all things digital. We are thrilled to have Josh Nelson here from the Seven Figure Agency. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excited. Josh, I, I've been a big fan of what you've done from afar. You know, um, not only, you know, sort of, I love the fact that you did something with an agency, built it to the seven figures and like, hey, I got a roadmap. Let me share that with others. Because I was the accidental agency. You know, we we sort of stumbled upon this, having pulled ourselves out of a brick and mortar. Um, and so the idea that um, you're sort of taking best practices. So I study this area and I've seen the people who've written books and the gurus and the, the coaches. And like, I just, I, when I first saw your book, I was like, this is the roadmap. I wish I had this when I had started. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you, you know, again, I see the inspiration, but your story and how this came to be. Yeah. So I, I started my, my digital marketing agency, plumbing and HVAC SEO all going on like 11, 12 years ago. Now um, grew that relatively quickly. Um, in like the first two years to about a seven-figure business. And I was a big student of the game. So I was always going to the digital marketer conferences, traffic conversion summit. I was always learning. And so as our agency grew, other agencies that you know, weren't quite getting the same level of growth started asking, like, what did you do different? Like, what's your model? Um, and so I created the seven-figure agency roadmap training, which was just that. It was like, here's what we did. Like, we chose a niche. We positioned ourselves as the expert. We put together this program. We made a recurring package, uh, and this is how we get clients. Um, and that kind of blossomed from there, uh, of course, into an actual coaching and mentorship program, and now um, a great a great group uh, mastermind um, of digital marketing agencies from across the country. Yeah, so funny. So I see it from two different worlds, right? The legal space, masterminds have exploded. It's like both by type of law, personal injury versus criminal, um, all, big firm, small firm. There's, there's, it's, it's literally gone gangbusters. In the digital space, though, I've seen there are people selling courses, but the idea that there is a pathway, because look, I, I remember way back in the day, I went to something and I wanted to be a Google News service, I think it was, where I could like mm. play stuff directly in the Google News feed. And there was a guy teaching a course on it. I said, look, I'll pay you 10x. Just get one of your people. Just do it. Don't teach me. Meaning I, I need it. And, and it was like, you know, I'll, I'll then internalize it, but I, I need to... I'm not going to sit there and watch a video. It's not. And it turns out there was nothing. So the fact that somebody was aspiring, and I assume, where is your sweet spot? Where do people generally join the seven-figure agency? What what point in their growth? They, they Typically, at this point, they're, they're like a mid to high six-figure digital marketing agency. So they've got clients. They've got recurring revenue. Um, and, and they're looking to go you know, to seven figures and multiple seven figures. And so that's kind of our, our sweet spot, you know, six and seven figure agencies that are looking to go to eight and just deliver world-class results to their clients, retain their clients at a high level and, and scale their team, right? So they can create more freedom and um, more impact. I mean, to a certain extent, are most of your clients um, sole proprietors versus partnerships? I'm curious to know whether very often, I know that as I've built, there are times that I have an amazing, you know, co-pilot who's been with me from day one, who does a lot of the day-to-day -day nuts and bolts, but it gets very lonely at the top. And mm. probably part of the value of this is getting outside of your own echo chamber to sort of say, hey, you know, what's worked for other people? Because it's great to try stuff, but if you could at least cut that learning curve down and not make the mistakes that everybody knows are not going to work, I assume that goes a long way. Yeah, I guess, you know, if I don't have the exact numbers, but I'd say probably... 70% are sole proprietors, like they are the owner in the business and they've got a team and stuff, but it's them. 
And there's probably another 30 or 40% that are partnerships, usually just two partners. You know, one's the marketing sales director type of person. The other's the operations behind the scene, manage the team person. And I find that those partnerships tend to go fastest, right? When, when one person can just focus on business development and the other can just focus on operations. Uh, but we've got, we've got success you know, case studies and no, no, understood. No, and I and I believe me, I get it, and I'm I feel very blessed because I can be front of the house and somebody else can be back of the house, and that's awesome. But that when you don't have that, you know, it's almost like you need a partner, right? And it's a lot cheaper than giving up half your your equity. The idea that there's um, a, a co-pilot for you and that and that group, not just on the social piece, right? So that you have compatriots, but like the stuff that we've learned, the mistakes we made early on, as far as hiring and culture and all those things. Um, you know, curious to know, what do you think the top three biggest mistakes you see agency owners making when they first come into your world? Uh, okay, a couple of things. First, I would say trying to be general instead of specialist, right? And this was a mistake I made in my first agency. We can do digital marketing for anybody, right? So, you know, it could be the, the local dentist, it could be the lawyer, it could be the roofer. And while that gives you lots of opportunity, it really doesn't make you very interesting to anybody. So kind of being generalist instead of specialist. And you and I are great examples of this, right? You just work with law firms. We just work with plumbing and HVAC companies. And most of the people in our program choose a niche, right? And that's really one of the catalysts for accelerated growth. I think the second thing is taking a lot of project work versus recurring revenue work. So they set themselves up to sell a $5,000 or $10,000 website and then just a low monthly, you know, monthly hosting fee. And that is just constantly chasing your tail, right? You get the project work and you're chasing the next piece of revenue. Um, when you move to a retainer-based service where you're going to add more value, right? You're actually going to do things that get the client ranked and make their phone ring and really move the needle for the client. You can charge more and you can have a recurring base. Um, and so deciding to just sell retainer-based services, I, I think is, is another thing that really makes a big difference in terms of where I see people fail in their agency. Um, and I think if I had to you know, say a third, it's probably not marketing themselves, right? A lot of us are marketing agencies and we really know how to do this stuff, but we never eat our own dog food, right? We know we should be running ads and we should be putting out content and we should be creating you know, search engine rankings, but we do it for our clients, but we never do it for ourselves. Um, and you know, if you're going to grow and scale as an agency, you have to do that for yourself as well. No, it's so funny you say that. Like, you know, we're over eight figures, but we're like now, you know, we should probably have a marketing director in-house because it's cobbler shoes often. Right. You know, I, I just, we won some sort of an award. It was like an awful graphic. And I'm like, you know, what, what's going on? Like we do great stuff for our clients. Why would we be doing that in-house? Um, you know, one of the things that's been uh, tumultuous, both in the legal world and the marketing world, pre-COVID, we had a townhouse in DuPont Circle that 95% of our employees came to every day to do their work. And they went home at night. You know, March 2020, the whole world jumped on its head. Some people had started agencies as virtual agencies. But I want to get your thoughts on, you know, again, some states, you're in Florida where COVID never existed. I went there during COVID and hung out for four months. And, like, you know, people were still masking, uh, playing soccer in D.C. And then down there, they weren't masked if they were nose to nose. So want to get your thoughts on how the new normal as far as, you know, uh, virtual being, you know, uh, the, the, the new normal, how that you've seen affect your entire tribe. I think, you know, I think you're right. It really has shifted from some of us running virtual agencies to most of us 
running virtual teams. Like for me personally, I had a large office in Doral. We had 35 full-time employees. We all went every day. We worked all day. And at that you know, place in our business, it really helped, right? Because you know, and I both know there's something different that happens when you're live and in person, you're seeing people every day. Um, and we tried to be like get like VAs and things like that over the years and never been successful. We didn't really develop that skill. When, when COVID hit, fortunately, we had implemented EOS, and I'm a big believer in the entrepreneur operating system, building your are. leadership team, having your meeting rhythms, having everybody with a scorecard. And because we had that in place before we had to go virtual, we were able to say, hey, look, we can do this same similar thing virtually. And what we found was, while it was, it was annoying at first, it actually became super productive because now we're not driving 45 minutes back and forth every single day to go to an office. We can jump on Zoom. There's, there's less like water cooler, wasted time that happens throughout the day. Um, and we're able to acquire talent anywhere. Like we were limited to just Doral, Florida, because nobody wanted to drive much further than 45 minutes to come in. And well, there's good talent there. The price for that talent's pretty high. There's not really a lot of people great with Google ads and Facebook ads and things. And so going virtual, now we've got this talent pool that's a, a lot of people in the US and a lot international that we can get the best of the best uh, and actually pay less. Um, and so for us, we made the decision after two years of COVID to say, this works for us now. We're a completely virtual operation. We've got like virtual, you know, those little virtual offices where we can go in and meet from time to time. Um, but I think that's the new norm for most agencies today. Um, it just, you can get such better talent. You can be so much more efficient than being in a, in a centralized location. No, agreed. We went, we sort of, we're still clinging in the sense that we went fully virtual during COVID because where we were, people shut down. They weren't, they wouldn't go ice skating. Like it was, it was a different- <laughs> Couldn't leave the house, right? It was just- Right. Literally, people not leaving the house. So we went to a clubhouse where it's a place we pay rent. It can't hold everybody at once unless you're doing a full all hands on meeting. People come in for their team meetings once a week. I'm trying my best because look, corporate America is signaling, hey, they want people back for the reason you talked about, right? You love the collaboration, what's going on, but look, DC is not inexpensive as well. And it's limited. In my world, if somebody knows the word SEO- They, they want, they want hundreds of thousands of dollars. They could be hired by ARP, know nothing, and have $120,000 with a title, and they can't help me with what I'm doing, which means the bar just got so high. So yes, national and international reach, but what, what's your thought? A lot of the major law firms and uh, investment banks are pushing people back in the office. I, I don't think the genie's going back in the bottle in our world, but have we lost something? Because right now I'm almost seeing the opposite, which is the people that come to the office almost use it as a flex fun day. They come in late, they're there, they're not really getting much done. Whereas the really great employees that are, you know, isolated home. Yeah, they might take a two hour lunch. They may cut out early, but you're getting six, seven hours of unbelievable focus that you weren't getting before. Yeah, I think I think there's a, there's a potential give and take, right? The, the benefits of somebody that is focused and that can stick with the home-based work environment. Um, I think those people are just going to be more productive than someone that has to drive in and you know wants to take an hour long lunch. You know, like a lot of these things that you used to do in an office that were just norms don't really exist anymore. Right. And look, there's there's negatives that we don't feel in touch. But at the same time, I mean, I, again, our, our saying was, I don't know if you agree with this, when COVID broke, our A players became A plus at home and our B minus players slipped to C plus C. 
And so the key is, can you just keep raising that bar by not having to be limited? Right before you're like, hey, you're you're in West Palm Beach. You're never going to make it to my office on a daily basis. Like you ended up losing people. Somebody moved, got married. They went to the West Coast. Now that that's not a limiting factor. So I, I I assume that over time, and there are moments. I would say the other thing. I don't know if you've seen this. Is our retention. We have not lost a person we haven't wanted to lose at the agency in quite a while, years. And and so that I believe that at some level, you're making the bar to leave that much harder. And that that's part of the reason we also kept the clubhouse was that we had people that wanted it and we were going to lose if we didn't have an office. I don't know if you've seen that the other way where there are people that want the socialization at some level, may not be your A players, but they're people that definitely want that. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with that saying, right? The A players became A plus. The B's like, you know, they started to slide because they aren't productive. They need someone looking over their shoulder. They need someone to see that they're not being, you know, on task today. Um, and I, I, I do agree. Like, I think being flexible enough to be able to say you can work from home, you're not going to be micromanaged, makes it a very compelling place to work. Um, there is the, the dynamic now in the agency space, you know, as you train people up and we tend to train people you know, right out of college and train them up to learn the skills. Once they learn those skills, they're very much in demand as a virtual employee for the bigger companies, agencies and not. And so, you know, you have to make the choice. Do we raise our compensation to try and at least be competitive for those people? Or do we just go back to the well and build somebody else from the ground up? There is some of that going on in the, in the marketplace for sure. So I got a question. I've always been curious because you have you have this great organization. You get people read the book. They're like, I got to get here now. Two books. They come. They sit in your in your Florida uh, seminar. Can you tell when somebody walks in the door within reason whether this person who has a modest agency is going to zoom? How much of that is, is is the genius of Josh able to sort of like get that, or are you still surprised where somebody pulls it together with everything going on? I'm I'm. I wish I could say I've got this brilliant sense that I can look at somebody like they're just going to crush it. Um, but I'm always surprised at some level, like it's all actually like mindset based. It's what's going on between the head that sometimes you can't see. Sometimes someone will come in, they say all the right things. They're very polished. They seem very professional, but then like their follow through on getting things done. They just kind of, they flounder. They don't get exponential growth. And then somebody else that you wouldn't think why like, this is a rock star right here will we'll just blow up to you know multiple seven figures in a very short span of time. So I, I, I wish I was better at predicting, but um, it, I'm always surprised. Is How much of it is the marketing? I mean, obviously the answer is both, but marketing versus creating team and culture. Like where, you know, do you, do you see, because to me, that's been one of the most, the biggest challenges. We, we haven't outsourced are to like, we're not white late nobody nobody's like, we're not just taking stuff in all the sausage making is done in-house so the question is i have seen that as incredibly difficult we've learned so many lessons you know about who to hire how to manage you know who what works within your environment um you know and we've been at this for a number of years a few less than your your, your base agency you know some of those things are, is, is that something that you have, can you, would you think with, with your organization, help people cut down on that learning curve? Because it is so difficult to manage people well. I think the first, the first million is about salesmanship, hustle, like going out, you know, and, and doing the effort to get appointments. The multiple seven figures comes down to your ability to be organized, manage a team, lead well. Um, and, you know, those are some of the critical skills we're really trying to help agencies understand like no longer are you the you know the 
SEO guy, the PPC guy, the marketer of your agency, you're now the CEO of your agency and you've got to shift to those CEO skills uh, in order to really go to the next level. Um, as far as like inbound versus outbound, um, agencies that sort of find a way when you're niche and you become the expert in the area, hopefully you get known for that and you're getting the inbound, you know, what are the outbound seems like it's one of the most challenging things to do well and particularly to scale. You see private equity coming to a lot of these places. I'm sure they've taken out some of your clients over time yeah. and the, their playbook is bring in outbound sales. What, what, you know, talk to me a little bit about your perspective on outbound sales, what you've seen working and where, where people stumble. I think, I think it's a combination. I, I do find some people, they just like, they don't have that skill and they're not going to develop that skill. And so if they realize that and they just kind of lean into uh, inbound strategies, like joining the association, putting out content, publishing a book, being consistently like a, a voice of reason and a voice of value in the marketplace, um, they can usually generate enough leads and sales to grow to seven figures and multiple seven figures. Um, I do think to go... You know, to go to you know to eight figures in a lot of cases, you do need to start to build a little bit more sales infrastructure um, and and develop that that skill. Interesting. Um, what what excites you? Like we're we're sort of so many things are going on, right? We've got virtual, we have international opportunities we never had before. What you know, as as somebody who's watching all these amazing agencies build and grow, what what excites you these days? I mean, for for me personally, when I started Seven Figure Agency. Um, the, the goal was to help 100 agencies go to seven figures over the next five years. Um, and now we've got 76 at seven figures in the program and multiple seven figures. Uh, we, we're like we're collecting the data for our annual awards because we get everyone together. And once a year, we do these annual awards. Um, cumulatively, the organization, like all of the agency's revenue combined, does $153 million in annualized revenue. So um, it's a $100 million digital marketing mastermind. Um, and it, for me, the most exciting thing is just seeing the lives that are changed, like agencies now having more financial freedom, having more personal freedom to spend time with their family and do the things they really want to do um, and, and really doing it in the right way, because we really don't want agencies that are just out for the cash grab. Like we want them to deliver world class results for their clients. So their clients are winning. They're winning. Their team is winning. Their family is winning. Um, and that's just a really exciting thing to be a part of. No, and so, so granted, look, that's the that's the part I get that gets you up in bed because you're helping all. But as far as the things that the agencies should be doing or adding into that, that you're mm. talking about the masterminds, like, you know, yes. what are the trends and things that you see people doing that you think next chapter? Like, what should people, if you're an agency owner is watching this, what should they be doing to sort of push themselves to the next level? I think the big thing is is the mindset shift from just being good at whatever the thing is, just being good at SEO and generating rankings or just being good at lead generation with Facebook ads to, to shift to all agencies need to be actually generating lead sales and revenue growth, right? And so, yes, you want to be good at the, at the services, but you should also be thinking about not just generating the lead, but also how do we convert more of those leads into revenue? I think you know, the agency of three, four years ago was like, hey, it's my responsibility to get you the lead. What you do with it from there, you know, that's your problem, right? And then they start to cry. The clients are canceling. They're not getting the results. And so if you can step up to the next level and say, hey, we're going to help you figure out why these leads aren't converting. We're going to put some marketing automation in place to follow up on those leads. Maybe we'll even put a call center on the back end to act as the person to touch those leads and, and schedule them in. I think you can really position yourself at the top end of the market 
and actually generate a tangible result, which is what we should all be doing as agencies. No, it's so funny you said in the legal space, that's the bane of our existence, right? Like you get the phone to ring, but like it's it, it's not one of those things you can outsource overseas. It's domestic, generally uh, high powered labor that you need. It's just a very tough thing to manage. And if there's a hole in that bucket, doesn't matter. So it is both selfishly you need that, but it's also the right thing to do because then it becomes that symbiotic, symbiotic uh, piece. Oh, this is awesome, Josh. Um, in general, I, I got into your world just reading your book. Uh, what If somebody wants to learn more about the Seven Figure Agency and Josh Nelson, what's the best way to sort of uh, pick, learn about that? It would probably go, go to sevenfigureagency.com. I have two books. I have the Seven Figure Agency Roadmap and the Client Retention Handbook. So if you're at the place where like, I want to figure out my roadmap to grow to seven figures, start there, get that book. If you're thinking, you know, I've, I've got a great business, but I'm struggling with retention. The Client Retention Handbook is really, really good at some of our best strategies just to create a world-class client experience and, you know, get out of the constant churn cycle that a lot of agencies find themselves in. And, and I'll say, I, I don't care where you're at, that the first book is not a bad place to start just mm. because it is fundamentals. And if the fundamentals are not sound, when you tweak, and look, you have to retain the clients, don't get me wrong. And that's where I'm at with my business. But for most agencies, that I thought that first book and not the second book isn't great, but that first book gives such a clear and it's it's without the noise. It's like, this is real actual stuff that if you follow it, you will make more money. Appreciate that. Very good. Well, Josh, look forward to seeing you soon. And thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the SEO Insider with Seth Price. Be sure to check back next week for fresh insights into building your brand's online presence. Episodes are available to stream directly on Blue Shark Digital's website.